Hello, friend. Welcome to the Happy Family Club. We're delighted to have you join us. Our mission is to help you have a happier, stronger family. We do that by bringing you the world's greatest experts in family, marriage, parenting, and relationships. We interview them to discover their secrets, their strategies, their techniques, and bring them to you so that you can cherry pick exactly what you need right now to have more success and more joy in your family. And if you enjoyed this interview, we encourage you to share it with your friends and your family and come on to the happyfamilyclub.com and see if you can find more information that's going to help you and your family be happier. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Family Club podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. And what an honor it is to have Christy Davis with us. Now, I don't know. Do you want to tell a little bit about Christy? You guys have gotten well, to know Yeah, bit. we've gotten to know Christy a bit. We're so excited. She is the mother of seven. And hooray seven for children. big families. Hooray, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big families. Actually, hooray for all families. But. Well, yeah, it feels like a big family until I talk to you guys and find out you have 11. So. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> But yeah, you're you're definitely outnumbered. Yeah, you also have several grandchildren, which is yep. wonderful. That's so great. And um, the best. A few years ago, you got uh, you became a certified coach. Uh huh. Yep. It's just been counseling and helping other people and in having more love at home. Yeah. Yes. Great mission. I love that statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you guys should know Christy. Like Margie said, she's a certified life coach. She does private coach. She also has courses and has been able to reach just thousands of people across the world. And and over, I think uh, five, six, almost a decade now, you've been working on this and sharing your ideas and principles with people. So thank you for the work that you're doing, Christy. I just we can't express enough our gratitude because the world needs more fabulous engaged moms and parents and you're helping do that so thank you very very yes. much it's, well, a great it's, it's definitely a work that i feel called to do and you know some of the things that i now teach are things that i learned through the school of hard knocks <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm just really happy to share some of the things that i've learned in hopes that i can save some other families some heartache so awesome well good well we're gonna that's exactly why we're here yep. is to find yep. out some of those lessons you've learned and where, where we're at so before we jump into that and you know, we love to ask the question about what's a key principle for greater family happiness. But before we go there, I'd love to have you just tell us a little bit about your story, because in our world today, it's kind of unusual that someone with seven children, busy and has a life and church responsibilities is going to say like, OK, I'm going to peel off some time to try to help other moms and I'm going to create models and programs and processes. I mean, it's really a unique thing. So what's your story? How did you get here, Christy? Okay, well, there, so there's two different stories. I'm debating which one to tell you. I'm okay. going <laughs> to tell you the first one about how I got to be doing the work that I'm doing. And yeah. then I'm going to tell you about how I learned some of the things I learned. Yes, so first story fault. is, like, I have always been actually interested in business. I was actually, it was never my dream to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom and have tons of kids. And I mean, I grew up in a family like that and I loved it. But honestly, I really wanted to start a business or to work. I had investment ideas. I had all these ideas. Yeah. Well, I had seven kids, though. And every time I would start getting this, this urge to somehow do something outside of the home, to start working or whatever, um, I would pray about it. And I would just feel so strongly that 
the Lord wanted me in my home full time mm. with my kids. He wanted me to not be distracted from that. And I know that's not the answer that every mom gets, but for me, that was a very clear calling and answer. And so I was always like, okay, well, that's fine. So anyway, I get, you know, fast forward to my youngest is in kindergarten and I start learning about this life coaching thing. Cause I've always in the back of my mind thought life coaching, that sounds cool. I wonder what that is. So I yeah. kind of started looking into it and learning about it. And I thought, you know what, this might be something I want to do someday. And like a bolt of lightning into my whole being <laughs> came the answer. It's time for you to do this right now. And I get emotional saying about it, but it was just such, it was just such a clear answer, like message to me from God yeah. that, okay, I, I appreciate all the work you've been doing here. And now I want you to shift your focus. It's time for you to shift your focus. I need you to share this message with other people. Wow. And so it, it was really exciting for me. And of course, it's been a huge learning curve and and fun and stressful and all the things along the way as I try and balance all of those things. Of course, but, wow. So that's why I'm that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I felt like God told me to. Well, that is the best, best reason, reason. <laughs> in the universe to do something, and it's Good fabulous. And it shows up in all the stuff that you do. I mean, your work is excellent, and it's filled with so much love and passion and compassion. I mean, we're, our our audience is going to find that out more as we go through here. But that's really cool. It's delightful to see it. Yeah. All right. So what's the what's the other Second story? story. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> the other story more. that I sometimes think of as my origin story was my child number three. So wow. my first two, my first two were girls, and they were kind of rule followers. Like huh. I had this vision of what my kids were going to do, and I created this culture, this intentional culture in my family, and they just kind of went along with it and bought into the same things that I valued. Yeah. And then I had my first son, child number three, <laughs> who had completely different ideas than I did of like just everything. We saw the world through completely different lenses and there was so much contention mm. as I tried to get him to go along with what I thought he should be doing. Yeah. Um, to the point that he was completely like pushing away. I knew nothing about what was going on in his life. He wanted kind of nothing to do with me. And looking back now, I see why, because yeah. he was constantly getting the message from me that you are so exasperating. You're doing everything wrong. You're not, you know, so I had to, like, I just got to this point where I was like, something has got to change. And um, the real wake up moment for me was when he was he was probably 15 and he went through this stage where he was sneaking out of the house all the time. Sometimes we would catch him. Sometimes we wouldn't. And I just felt like it's my job as a parent to make sure he doesn't sneak out of the house, right? Yeah. To keep him safe, to make sure I know where he is. And so I tried everything I knew how to try to control him. I like booby trapped outside of his bedroom door. I put tape <laughs> over the door so that I'd know if he was sneaking out. I tried like everything I could think of. And finally, at one point I got so exasperated with him and I said, what am I going to have to do? Like put a video camera and point it at your bed. And he got this funny smirk on his face. He's like, that actually be a fun challenge. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Just threw my arms up in the air, which was so frustrating at the time, but really it was a turning point because I came to realize I can't control this kid. Yeah, right. He is bigger and stronger and faster than me and probably smarter than me. I can't control him. And I was like, wait a second. If I can't control him, then 
what is my job here? And yeah. so that started this journey for me that just changed everything. Mm-hmm. And and parenting is so much more fun now. And <laughs> and my relationships with my kids are amazing because I stopped trying to control them. What an what an amazing lesson. I mean, and I think a lot of parents actually I see in the world today this huge pendulum swing. It's like Either on the one hand, it's like, I'm going to control my child and dictate everything that happens there. Mm-hmm. Or, this, you know, this total complacency of, you know, say la vie, just kids. Right, be, they're going to do what they're going to do. Whatever, let them go, right? Or I have no influence yeah. over them anyway. So, you know, whatever, I'll just be their buddies. And that's the goal. Right. Just be buddies. That's the right. intent. And that's the tricky thing, because I knew that wasn't right either. That yes. didn't feel right either. So I really had to do a lot of soul searching and a lot of experimenting and figure out, okay, then what is my role? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I want to I want to go down. I, I want to run down that rabbit hole for a minute. And yeah. and obviously, I mean, the context here is is what's going to create a happier family. And and you know, we talk about all the time. Happiness is not this pleasure moment. It's that deep abiding joy that comes from living right and doing things that create real growth because people are so much happier when they're really growing and i'm sure you know when your son was rebelling he wasn't actually growing and he probably wasn't that happy but you know you put you threw the gauntlet down it's like okay let's go right (laughs) so so talk to us a little bit more about that that relationship between your role as a mom and as a parent and controlling not controlling and and what lessons you discovered along the way Yeah. So something I would add to your list of what contributes to happiness, like joy in family life, I think is relationships. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's the number one point of being human (laughs) is relationships. And I think that's where our greatest joy comes. When I was in that stage of trying to control him, there was very little joy going on in that relationship. Like I could hardly stand to be around the kid because yeah. I was, I felt so frustrated all the time and I felt like such a failure all the time. Consequently, he could hardly stand being around me and I can't blame him. Sure. So, so that's, that's when I realized something had to change. So what I decided that my most, imp- was that my most important goal in that stage of his life was to rebuild our relationship. Mm. Because something I've learned, I'm sure you guys have learned this too, when kids are little, they kind of just accept that mom and dad are the boss and they make the rules and they know things we don't know. And so we believe them. And then they get to be teenagers, especially some of them, like some are worse than others, but they get to be teenagers. And all of a sudden they, they don't just take that for granted anymore. It's not just a given that I should do what mom and dad say. And so the only hope we have for influence in their lives is if they invite it and they choose it and they welcome it. And the only thing that would make them want to welcome our influence in their life is if we have a good relationship with them. Yeah, that's right. And so every time I, and I've been through this with lots of kids now, every time I get to one of those stages where we're just not enjoying being around each other or they're, they're not listening to me or they're doing exactly the opposite of what I want them to do, I will pause and step back and say, okay, we're going to put this on hold until I work on this relationship. Yeah. Strengthen it. Yeah. And so you were talking about this pendulum, you know, do I control or do is, is it say la vie and I have nothing to do with it? Like 
neither one of those, obviously. The I think the happy medium there, the happy middle ground is where I have influence because they're inviting it, because mm -hmm. we have that kind of a relationship. Beautiful. And what I love about that is, is that I think number one is, is that it says, look, I'm not going to force my child to do something. And number two is I, as a parent, actually have, I can do something about this. Now, Yes. you could do all the steps to build a relationship and they could still reject you totally on their shoulders, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about us as parents, what we get to do, right? Right. And I found that even when my kids are bugged by me, I can still be totally loving and enjoying them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I think I have is every time I make up a new song and I sing it to my kids and embarrass them in public. <laughs> right. Perfect example. Perfect example, right? I'm going to start dancing. I, I, I try not to do that too much. So, um, so talk to us about what you discovered in terms of building those relationships with the, you know, a prickly, pushy, um, you know, conniving teenager. <laughs> yeah. So with this particular kid, I, in the middle of all of this, I was praying, you know, because I don't know how to parent without praying, without okay. God's help and his ideas. And yeah. so I was praying, like, what do I do about this kid? And the answer that I got was hold him close. Mm. And I was like, well, sure. That sounds lovely, but I can't, <laughs> like, he, I can't even keep him in the house. How mm. am I going to keep him close? And, uh, the answer actually come, came in kind of an unexpected way. He ended up breaking both of his wrists and knocking out his front tooth in a longboarding accident. Oh my goodness. Wow. So he's pretty helpless and I'm having to drive him to all of these appointments. And we ended up spending so much time in the car together. And um, it, it was after I had realized I couldn't control him. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, then what? Yeah. And I really decided to just get to know him. Yeah. Like, I wonder what he wants for his life. I wonder who he's trying to become. I wonder what his goals are. And so that became my focus. And we spent a lot of time in the car or in the doctor's appointments or whatever, and just kind of talking and me getting to know him. And that changed everything. Once he knew that I cared about who he wanted to be and I was there to support him, all of a sudden he wanted my advice. Yeah. And would would ask me questions and invite me into his life. Mm -hmm. hmm. Chrissy, that is awesome. Have you found that there are, um, sometimes teenagers are difficult to talk to and, mm -hmm. or to pull information out. And I wonder what you, the process was for you and what you've seen. I mean, you coach other parents, so you see the whole gamut, not just mm -hmm. with child number three that we're talking about, but like mm -hmm. you see the whole gamut of stuff. Do you have insights on how parents can effectively structure those conversations so they actually turn into dialogue and not question silence silence space bar <laughs> space bar right <laughs> yes. yes i do and it's before before we answer though like the words that you have to say yeah. because parents always say okay what should i say what should i yeah. do that's going to get my kids to talk to me it really where i always start with clients is first you have to fix how you're thinking and feeling about your child love this okay yes, yes. Because uh, teenagers are just too smart for their own good, and they can totally sense if we're feeling awkward around them or if we're feeling critical around them, then no matter what we say, they that's still the feeling that they get. Mm -hmm. And so before we even like try, like, well, how do I have a conversation? We have to genuinely change our own hearts 
yeah. and, and the way we're thinking about them. So that's the place I always start. And I will ask, um, are you familiar with Susan Stiffelman? I'm not, no. She wrote a book called Parenting Without Power Struggles that I just really love and recommend to a lot of my clients. And in there, she outlines what is called the six stages of human attachment. Mm -hmm. And it's the stages that a baby will go through when it's first bonding with their parent. Mm -hmm. but, it's, but it also applies for building any kind of new relationship. And so I have this list. I can actually pull it up here this list of the stages of attachment that I will work with parents on um, to figure out, okay, where is my relationship struggling? Right. Where, where have we gotten off here? Where the are we, very first where are we stage, not attached? Yeah. 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 The very first stage is proximity. Like mm. the first stage of being attached to someone is we have to spend time together. And so sometimes that's hard with teenagers. They're so busy with their own lives and we find we only cross paths when we're nagging at them to do their chores or trying to wake them up in the morning or whatever. So sometimes that's the first place to start is how can you con your child into spending time with you? What do you have to do to make them willingly be in proximity to you? For me, that's involved often food. Yep. You know, like yeah. if you get if you come with me, if you get in the car with me, I'll drive through and we'll get whatever. Whatever, yeah. What whatever it takes. And so I think sometimes that's the first place to start is find out what they love and and spend some time with them. With them doing cool. it. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. Love that. So that I get that book. That sounds it's like a it's a great book. And those stages of attachment, you know, the second one is sameness, having things in common. Mm. which also can be hard with a prickly teenager, you know? And so we'll say, okay, how can you find something in common with your kid and build on that? I've had one son that just loves music. I don't, I don't listen to music very often, but I asked him to put together a playlist of like, feel good, pick me up songs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He loved that assignment. And we talked about music and he had all these songs to show me. And do you want me to put this one on the list? Here's why I love this one, mom. What do you think about it? And so it was just such a good, bonding moment for us Incredible. we had something in common wow so and I, and i wonder i mean those those stages of attachment and i want to go back to one other thing that you said you said first we make these adjustments in terms of how we think and how we feel about the child yeah. and sometimes um sometimes i see myself and other parents get into kind of like the you know the click and whirl routine it's like you know the child does this automatic trigger is this this is the way i think and you know and and a lot of times i'm not even aware that, it, that they're running through this process and i just wonder if you have any insights on how we can shift that thinking inside of our brains because oftentimes we're shifting but the child is still doing the same stuff i mean i'm, I'm assuming that at some point when you were praying you know child number three was potentially still until he broke his wrist still sneaking out at night you know totally yeah right so so it's like okay i gotta think different about him even though behavior hasn't changed yeah and so i ideas on how to do that i stopped trying to i decided mentally okay my job is not to stop him from sneaking out i thought that was my job <laughs> right i tried that it did not work at all it was actually doing more damage than it was good mm -hmm. and so my job is not to stop him from sneaking out. My job is to build a relationship. Yeah, good. And so it just shifted my my focus then. And I wasn't so irritated and frustrated all the time because I my focus had shifted. 
Yeah. Right. And so my focus became on getting to know his mind and his heart. So any behavior that we see will always make sense if we can understand what they're thinking and feeling. Yeah. Right. And so instead of trying to fix the behavior, I shifted my goal from, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and understand what's going on underneath that. Whoa. And that's where we found the relationship is all of a sudden like, oh, I get it. I get what you're thinking. I get what you're feeling. I get why you act the way you act. Just changed everything. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. That shift is incredibly powerful. What you're talking about because shifting that perspective of, um, you know, trying to control, trying to be the boss, trying to you know fix everything and just coming to an understanding of them. Um, I think it takes a ton of pressure off of us as parents. Right. And it actually puts the pressure where it should be. Right. Because in the end, these aren't really our children. We really just have stewardship. Right. We're right. just, we're given, we're given these 18 summers to, to have them close to us. I mean, you know, or sometimes less than, I mean, our, our, most a lot of our children have wandered off at 16 17 to go to school and college and do all kinds of stuff so it's like yeah we have these 18 years 16 years and and if we think that that's about controlling them we're going to be fighting the whole time but if, like you're saying christy if we shift that and say how do we get to know them so that they want to have us as an influence in their life yeah totally different dynamics Hey there, it's Margie. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Yeah, I hope you know that you can go to thehappyfamilyclub.com and see many other interviews and get a whole bunch of other resources, materials, free things, paid things, all kinds of stuff. There's an entire membership there where you get exclusive access to all of our best tools and resources. Our mission is to bring you the world's best resources and insights from the world's best experts so that you can have a happier family and have more joy. So go check it out, thehappyfamilyclub.com. Now let's get back to the interview. And I don't think we're doing them a, a service long-term. If yeah. we're calling all the shots in their right. lives, right. I mean, that's not our goal, right? Our goal right. is to prepare them to be responsible and autonomous adults. Right. And so that doesn't happen just overnight when they move out of the house. Yeah. Right. Well, and we're helping them train them up in the way they should go, you know, yes. the way that yeah. they have the desire and the God-given gifts to go instead of right. trying to force them to be the star football player that we never got to be, you know, or whatever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> our dreams they're there to fulfill their own dreams and yeah so i started shifting my my perspective instead of like being the teacher because i always thought my job was to be the teacher um i started when my kids get older i start thinking of myself more of a mentor or an yeah. advisor and letting them really be the leaders in their own lives and yeah. and my job then becomes to support them and to you know guide them and help them think of things maybe they haven't thought of yet, mm -hmm. but really they are the leaders in their own lives. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's so interesting is we watched our, our uh, children go from you know, toddler to child to teen to adult. Um, it's interesting when they go out on their own, oftentimes I, um, you know, they're trying new things and they're doing stuff. And I have to go back and remember like, 
okay, when I went out on my own, what, what was like, what was my experience? And <laughs> I was nervous and I was trying new stuff and I was afraid and there was some uncertainty there. And, you know, and I, and I remember having from time to time, people boost me up and encourage me and strengthen me and mentor me. Right. Yeah. And what a difference that made. Yeah. And sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, Joshua, they're not toddlers <laughs> anymore. This is, you know, this is a, a married man. He's got children <laughs> and he's running a business and you know, it's like, it's like, okay, like how do, how are you going to treat them? And, and I find myself wanting to more and more being a cheerleader. And then as they want advice, say, Hey, you know, we've been down this road before. Here's some insights. And 100%. what are you, you going to do with it? Right. And then and just, yeah, take it or leave it. Here's my yeah, thoughts. Sure. Here's my yeah. opinion. Here's my perspective and you do what you want. And either way, I totally believe in you. Totally. Yeah. 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 I think that's become one of my favorite jobs as a parent is to be the cheerleader. Yeah. Mm. Totally. And it's actually such a relief. It's been so good for our relationship when, when I have decided that they will know best for them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Even if that means they're going to learn some hard lessons and make some mistakes, then that means they needed to learn those lessons. And yeah. I still have total faith that they're going to learn the lessons they need to learn and turn out to be great. Right. Well, mm -hmm. what's funny is, is I look at how Margie and I struggled in our first, when we first got married and like the mistakes I made in our relationship, in our finances, in my business, in church responsibilities, like, like, wow. And, and I mean, braggadocious, like, I turned out pretty good. Like I figured out how to go through the problem. Right. right exactly. And looking back now, some of the struggles that we had is like, oh, actually we, I personally really needed that. Um, because I found later on in my business career and in church responsibilities and leadership there, like, wow, I really needed that pain point in my life to be able to connect with, understand, relate, and counsel other people. Like, I, I just would not yeah. have been, I wouldn't have been equipped to handle the stuff that God put in my path later on <laughs> if I hadn't gone through the torture in the beginning. And I think yeah. that sometimes if we helicopter parent and micromanage stuff, we rob our children of the power of those experiences and and who's to say god isn't preparing them for something down the road that they really really need i 100 percent agree are you going to take that away no you shouldn't <laughs> yeah so um and, and this brings up it's kind of a little side note because i got a couple other questions to ask for you I'm, I'm taking notes and i got a bunch of questions here and we're not gonna be able to get to them all today because <laughs> i like lots of questions but um you know you talked about how one of your first responses was to go in prayer and to seek guidance from God in terms of, well, what do you do? And then you got an answer. And I think that that's a really interesting process that we could explore because as we've talked to parents lately, a lot of them want additional help. And so they hire fabulous coaches like you. Mm -hmm. um, they listen to our cool podcast. They, they're reading books. They're trying stuff. But, they're, but a lot of them hunger for that divine connection and a way to get answers. And I just wondered if you have some insights um, on on that process and how they can strengthen their ability to pray and listen again. You know, we're, uh, yeah. So I'd love to hear those. Answers. Yeah, I definitely have some thoughts about that. Good. Um, Because the way God, at least my experience, the way God speaks is so subtle that mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to hear what he's saying or to understand what he's saying. And there's some things that get in the way of it. I think mm -hmm. for parents, one of those things is fear. 
yeah. or anxiety. When our minds are going crazy with fear or worry or anxiety, then that kind of blocks us from being able to communicate very well with God. I think those things just become so loud that the subtlety of God's voice is hard, harder to hear. Yeah. And so I actually consider that one of my jobs as a coach to help parents just calm down the fear or the anxiety or the worst case scenario or whatever it is that their brain is spinning out on or that's keeping yeah. them all emotionally, you know, in knots mm -hmm. to calm that down. And then once we are in that calm, still place, it's so much easier to understand what God is trying to communicate to us. Mm, I love that. And uh, without getting too deep, because again, I got other questions here, but you um, insights on how that happens, because, you know, fears, you know, fears feel so tangible and powerful in the moment. And most of the time they're just paper dragons, right? They're just, yeah. We're just, right. what if, what if scenarios that we made up in our head? Right. Right. <laughs> So, so you're, you know, um, and I'm thinking of a scenario here. You, you've got a parent, they're dealing with a challenging child, and you know, they're they're lying awake at night and they're 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 squirreling. I mean, they're just they're running through, <clears throat> and and really, a more effective way would be for them to be still and listen to God. But how do you get them to transition from that? I'm going to stay up till two in the morning, squirreling over what ifs, versus you know, prayer, calm, and listening. Yeah, so this this actually is where having an outside helper that's not living in your head, I think, can be so valuable. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll hear, I'll have clients all the time who start talking out loud and tell me the thing that was keeping them up last night. And as yeah. they say it out loud, they're like, wait a second. <laughs> I think this is not even real. I think this is not even true, right? <laughs> right. So for yeah. one, just being able to talk about it is so helpful. But right. then a lot of times I will... I will get them to go with me to the worst case scenario. Okay, let's assume this happens. Let's assume yeah. that your son gets his girlfriend pregnant. Okay, that's this that's the thing that we're so afraid of. So then let's just go there. If that happens, then what? Yeah. Is is all hope gone? No. No, there's still like tons of ways to be happy and successful and for your son to learn exactly what he needs to learn and to progress and to move forward and and thank goodness for Jesus, because somehow, because of Jesus, we can always change. We can always progress. Yeah. And somehow he makes it possible for all things to work together for our good. Yeah. And so I kind of don't know how to help parents without including God uh, in the right. conversation because, right. because he really is what makes it all doable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because it's the great... Um, neutralizer i don't know how i mean it's the great redemptive power yeah that fixes all that stuff eventually or it makes possible for all that stuff to be rectified or, or right and so if you're running through life thinking if this mistake happens that's it that's the end well of course if you're standing on the brink of the endless chasm you're going to be stressed out right right but if you see like oh actually this is there's a bridge here and if we cross that bridge, it's going to be a little more painful on the other side, but we carry on and it's okay. Oh, and yeah. look, there's actually sunshine and rainbows further down that trail after the storm clouds. So let's just <laughs> exactly. keep moving forward, right? Exactly. It the dynamics. I love, and by the way, I, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking here and just reiterating what you're saying, because I love, love, love it. It's that let's go to the worst case and what if, and the reality is, is how many times do worst case things? I mean, sometimes worst case does happen. I totally right. get it. But it's not, it's not the most likely usually, right. right? but if our brains can't let go of that, you know, especially yeah. for somebody who's just like 
there's something emotional that's just clinging tightly to that, then we go go to that worst case scenario and realize that there's peace even there. Yeah. yeah. And then it makes it easier to let go. So something I've, I've figured out that I think is so fascinating that at least as Christian parents, we are trying to teach our kids, right? That to turn to Jesus because he loves you no matter what. Even if you make right. mistakes, he will forgive you. He will help you through the mistakes. We're trying to teach that. And yet if we're terrified of our kids making mistakes, they're getting a mixed message. They're like, wait, okay, you say that Jesus can cover my mistakes, but then you're you're acting like it's the end of the world if I'm going to make a mistake. Yeah. And so we're sending kind of a mixed message. Yeah. I think too, we, I'm guessing what happens here and, and I'm processing this as you're saying that, but it's a, it's also a mixed message in the sense of, you know, God will forgive and be patient and encourage and love you through this. Uh, but doggone it, I'm the parent and you better get this fixed right now. Cause if it does happen, that's the end of the world. Right. It's like, yeah. wow. Well, wait a minute. And you know, and we are imperfect parents. And I also want to say this, like any parent listening to this, Holy smokes. Like I think first and foremost, chill on yourself. Right? Yes. Right. Like it's, it, this is a hard thing you're doing. <laughs> I know it's tough. Like you didn't get any training for this. There wasn't a manual. There's no, like, you know, it's like, you're, you're dealing with like with us. I mean, we're dealing with 11 personalities, ideas, yeah. opinions. You deal with, you know, it, even if you're like dealing everyone with everyone is so like, different. Oh, uh, so different. So I, I love this and we can, we have the power to not send those mixed messages. And to well, shift gears and have faith in God and faith in them. Like things are going to work out. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's why the family is set up the way it is, is yeah. because the parents, we as the parents are supposed to be growing and changing every bit as much as our kids are supposed to be growing and changing. Right. Yeah. So when we come to these things that are so hard, it's because it's time for us to grow. <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, when, when I had my first child, I became perfect. Didn't you know oh. that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, a, I'm a dad now. I get, to, I get to make no more mistakes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. You see, sarcasm. If anyone listened to that, that was sarcasm. Yeah. Okay. In case there was any question about that. If there's any question, I am not. I can verify. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talk with us a little bit about – because there's an ongoing journey here and I'd love to hear a little bit about resilience in this process and your thoughts on that, because I, I'm, you know, let's just take this scenario again. You know, we're squirreling at night. Okay. We found a little bit of hope and calm. We've, we've engaged God in the conversation. We're, we're praying and we're listening. We get some instructions. Like you got direction, like hold him close. And, mm -hmm. and, and we start down that thing. And then, it's like, okay, now everything's going to be perfect. And then sometimes, shocker, it's not. Oh, so, yeah. Sometimes. Right? Sometimes. 99% like of the time. Every now and then, like, let me think. How many, I, I've, I've helped hundreds, thousands of, I mean, I've, I've coached like close to 40,000 business owners around the world, um, gone through my programs and stuff. And, and all of them start off and it's like, okay, we're going to learn this program. And they're like, oh, butterflies and button and bushy tails. And they're like, we're going to learn this program. I'm going to apply it. And my growth trajectory is going to look like this. <laughs> and up it goes, straight line. And we're happy. And, you know, never, ever, never. never. Like the honeymoon phase is over and then catastrophe hits and then there's problems. And then it's like, ah, I'm going to pull my hair out. You know, so. Yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts as a parent 
about the the importance of resilience and pressing forward when it when we get the answers we do the answers we find the coach we saw, follow the program and then it doesn't show up exactly the way we expected now, where do we go from there so i have two thoughts about this yeah. one is just the whole i'm sure you've heard this analogy before but thinking of parenting as being a gardener i mm -hmm. kind of used to thinking thought i used to think of parenting as being a sculpt sculptor you know, yeah. like I was trying to shape these children. And I have since realized the, you know, the wishful thinkingness of that. But we're more like the gardener in that there are things we can control. It's our job to provide good soil, to water regularly, all those things. Yeah. We never get to control the timing. Yeah. How that how long it takes that seed to sprout, if even if we're providing the perfect conditions, like it's the seed gets to decide when it's going to sprout yeah. and we don't get to decide which seeds have been planted. Like our kids come, you know, this, they come so different. They come with their unique personalities and their unique exactly. struggles. And so just to zoom out and realize that I'm never in charge of the timing and I don't want to get distracted by my mm -hmm. frustrations and forget to do the things that really are my job mm -hmm. because there are some things that are important for me to do but then I just got to be patient and trust God and trust his timing and trust this whole process. So that's one thought. The other thought I have is that I have clients all the time who they learn new tools or new skills and they start working great and they're so excited. And then a month later they come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I lost it. I yelled at the kids. I went yep. I'm right back at square one. Yep. Uh -huh. And I always tell them there's no such thing as moving backwards. Yeah. We're always moving forwards or upwards. I love the um, visual of a spiral yeah. that is moving upwards. Yeah. And so sometimes it's really subtle. Our progress is really subtle. And sometimes it might even seem like we're moving backwards, but we're still spiraling up. Yeah. So we're going to go around and around. We're going to learn some of the same lessons over and over again, because that's the way humans work. Yep. But it doesn't mean we're moving backwards. It means we're just gradually spiraling upward yeah i think even the what's cool about that scenario you just said is even the awareness and the like oh my goodness i just realized i blew up and there was a better way and i didn't do it even that awareness huge progress it's like that like that's progress like very cool right absolutely uh, and because most parents they just blow through it and it's not even, he doesn't even hit the radar. Like, yep. is there a problem with that <laughs> fact that I just yelled and beat my kids? I don't understand. Yeah, that. well, I do. I mean, clearly they deserved it. So, right, right, yeah. so, um, so the awareness always grows. And I love the fact that it's like we are growing, we are changing, especially if we're in the, the process and, and they are. So it's awesome. Yeah. So, well, something I, a, a phrase that I use with my clients all the time is nothing has gone wrong here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's always true. Yeah. Even if I didn't see this coming, even if this is not how I thought it was going to go, yeah. the whole reason we are here as mortals is to experience life and to make mistakes and to try again and to keep growing. And so if that's what we're doing, if we're making mistakes, we're right on track. Yeah. If our kids are totally messing up, they're right on track. That's exactly what we're supposed to be do doing is learning through our own experience. So yeah. nothing has gone wrong. <laughs> It Love. takes some of them a while to buy into that, but <laughs> they're like, what "Oh yeah, but you don't understand." Yeah. Like, right? Well, no. <laughs> I, uh, I I've heard the phrase. It's like you're you're actually not powerful enough to mess up God's plan in your life. Sorry. I love that. Yeah. 
like uh, you know, you're, you, I know. I think you're you think you're trying, but actually you're just playing into his cards. So sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I and I love the thought. Like when I start to freak out a little bit, yeah. I love to zoom out and try and get. Of course, I can't actually get in God's head and understand right. what He's thinking, but yeah. but I don't think He's up there freaking out. Yeah. like oh my gosh i didn't see this one coming i do not have a plan for this right. yeah. that's never he can never be thinking that and so i love to zoom out and just try and see things as much as possible from a heavenly perspective and realize that god has a plan for all of it totally and we we heard multiple church leaders in 2020 say you know what covid didn't actually take god by surprise <laughs> right like, right like he, he's been planning he, for he's, this. He's yeah. got it. He knows. So awesome. Well, this has been awesome. I wish so we could, good. you know, maybe we'll have you on again because this has been really, really powerful. Yeah, we could keep so going on and on. on. Really good. I wonder if there's any, like, you know, if there was one question you wished I would have asked you but didn't, is there something that you would like to share, to share before we kind of wrap up? Because I also want to talk about how people can get more information and more of your stuff. So not necessarily a question I wish you would have asked, but I just kind of want to re-emphasize the point that there is always something you can do as a parent. You're, mm. you're always in a position of power, yeah. but that thing is always to work on yourself and make sure you're modeling what you want to model yeah. right? and to make sure you're showing up in the relationship the way you want to, to focus on the relationship. Nice. Nice. That's great. There's always something we can do. Exactly. That's good. Yeah, because no matter what our children do, nobody's, uh, as far as I know, nobody's you know shackled us, thrown us into the prison, and uh, you know locked the key. <laughs> right. We're, we're out here. We're we're available, and we uh -huh. can make choices, and we can. And I love the gardening example because we we as parents we are in a position of power, and the garden first of all that we can control is the one inside of our own minds. Absolutely. That's where we always have to start. Mm -hmm. I know there's a James Allen, uh, an author from, you know, early 1900s wrote a book called As a Man Thinketh. And he makes that analogy of the mind is like a garden. And, you know, we, we get to cultivate that. And there's so many things that we can do working on the relationship, showing up, being present, you know, not being not thinking of ourselves as the, the sculptor and all these great things that you've gone through, Christy. So I, I hope that it, people listening have huge bull like a, this massive lift in hope and sense of freedom and empowerment today because really what you've talked about and shared is incredibly powerful and we have we have the ability to enact all of it right now independent of what our children or our other family members do it's really yes. cool. yeah yep. absolutely yep. that's cool. one of my main goals in the work that I do is to empower parents yeah and to make them realize you know what where their power really is because yeah. we think it's from controlling our children it's never <laughs> it's never that <laughs> right but there are so much we can do and i think there's another we didn't really focus on it so i want to just state it blatantly and that is god is on our side in this yeah and we're partners we, we are partners and he's also on our children's side so we're all in this we're all together and he's rooting for all of us and he's really smart and he has a lot of power and he can do a and lot he of knows things. our children's hearts and no. he knows when they're ready for right. messages and yeah. yeah. And, and I would say, if you have come across this interview and are listening to it, I, I would say it's, it's no coincidence. I mean, I think that somewhere, somehow you've had a thought of, 
oh my goodness, like I want to do better as a parent. And without looking back on your past and saying you've messed up, just look, say, okay, I've actually come to the point, I've grown to the point where I'm now ready to accelerate my growth. And I think this interview could be the first step in that journey in moving yeah. you forward. So, so Christy, tell us a little bit more about the resources you offer. And, you know, yeah. if, we're, if, if someone's listening to this new to your world and new on their journey to saying, I'm going to do a little better as a parent, where do we point them to help them move forward in your, in your world? Yeah. So there's two ways, really two main ways I would recommend is finding me on Instagram. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like an Instagrammer. I don't, I'm not there a ton, but yeah. if you want to get to know me, that's a really easy way to okay. do it. Right. Um, so it's just at Christy Davis coaching is my Instagram handle. Okay. I also have a website, which is actually in the process of being redone. Okay. So you can right now you can still find me on my website and that has a tab where my courses are listed. So yep. you can, you can take a look through some of the things I offer there. Um, I have a, a book i released a book this summer that's called the power of a faithful mother Hooray! you can just find on amazon mm -hmm. which cool. so, so that's, that's available as well and oh and i also have my own podcast so if you're yeah. a podcast listener my podcast is called liking the people you love love that title it's all about <laughs> relationships so oh. i love them i just don't like them nope right we all know that feeling like right well. yeah yes. let's like them as well so, all right. Well, beautiful. Well, we'll include all those links and, and encourage people to go there. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. And thank you for what you're doing in the world. It's just so beautiful. Okay. I, I, I've been I've been looking at the painting that you have behind you of Christ carrying the yeah. lamp. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, I think in a very real way, you are acting in that position of being Christ's hands and helping parents move forward and coming out of challenging situations. And so thank you very much for playing that role, heeding the call that you got so many years ago <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and moving forward. So we really appreciate it. Oh, um, my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you again for the work that you guys are doing too. It's it's fun to meet people who we feel like we're on the same team, you know, that we yeah. have the same things that are important to us. So yeah. I love working with you. Thank you. So cool. Thanks for joining us. All right, Christy. well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.